Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is as a motorcycle drives by my house. Yeah, watch out think... for that thing. My God, I'm worried about you. <laughs> I don't think it was a motorcycle. I think it was just a loud vehicle. Um, I'm set back off the road a little bit, so they got to be especially loud to uh, make an infringement on the old podcast. But this is Locked On Spartans. It is Wednesday, January 29th, 2020. I am your host, Will Hunter, joined by my wonderful co-host, Matt Sheehan. Matt, what's up? I've been living this whole day like it's Wednesday, and that's really going to screw me up later in the week. So, like, I'm one day ahead. And there's nothing worse in all of life than thinking that it's one day later than it actually is right now. So, uh, I guess I'm doing okay. You know, I'm hanging in there. That is a devastating feeling. It's especially, the absolute worst, yes. Especially when you're... Um, like a Monday through Friday job thing. So oh, yeah. my, I mean, aside from the podcast is during the week, but my writing work is uh, sporadic all over the place. Sometimes I'm working on weekends. Sometimes I'm doing stuff at midnight. Sometimes I'm doing stuff in the morning, traveling, whatever. Do you have any clocks or calendars in your house or are you like <laughs> a casino where it's just all blacked out and it's, you have no concept of time? It might as well be that. Um, and my wife, works uh, a non-traditional schedule as well so uh, sometimes we're like normal people sometimes we're sleeping in sometimes we're you know doing whatever going out um, and like exhausted by 8 p.m. so we're we're all over the place hey I mean that's one way to live and just well he lived life to the fullest like a oh dangerous yeah. man uh, that's my middle name oh nice that's the lamest anybody's ever said danger is their middle name. I just want to put that on the record. Uh, yeah, yeah, but hey, you know, we're, we're here to set, set barriers and break them on this podcast, so we did it. Speaking of breaking. Sure. Matt, your mind. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. Constantly breaking a little more and more every day, but that's okay. <laughs> that's, that's life. When it comes to Michigan State basketball, you are not right. stable. Never. Is that fair to say? Uh, I'm usually stable for like a good two hours after every win. And there then, uh, then we just go right back <laughs> to panic and always looking over my shoulder, wondering what's going to happen next. So yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So what we're going to do today is a spin on an old favorite. When you would come on the show weekly, we had a segment with you called what's worrying Matt. Yes. And uh, that was during gonna... the football season. So that was really, yeah. really oh, easy man. to do that. You talk about an easy segment to do. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to bring that. We're going to bring that back, but we're going to call it The Doctor Is In. Hey, I like that. Okay. Yeah, where Matt comes to me with uh, the most pressing issues that he can summon right now, and I try to provide some counterbalance. Uh, so we're going to do that here to jump off the jump here uh, of the show, and then we will get to Michigan State taking on Northwestern. Um, I think it's fair to say the last easy game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are some easier than others, obviously, but this, sure. no disrespect to Northwestern, but yeah, all the disrespect to Northwestern, um, yikes. Not uh, good, not so. putting together a quality quality team or season this year down in Evanston, so. Yeah, we'll, it'll be we'll, tough to get off the bubble on the right side here for them, so. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that game and some different things we want to see uh, in segments two and three, so that's the plan for today's show. Reminded you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get podcasts. Matt, uh, have you seen any of the latest bracketology? 
<laughs> have I seen any of the latest bracketology? <laughs> Will, please. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I've seen all the bracketology. Actually, so much so that they're all starting to like blur together. So I don't like remember any specifics of what any of them are, except we're basically a, a, a mortal lock for a three seed three, in every yeah. single one that I'm looking three at. Three or four. Yeah. Um, I got an email. We get... Uh, just sort of like oh here's some idea like idea emails here's a headline here's a way you could do this for a post for your specific team uh through all the the team wire sites on the college channel sure uh, with usa today so we get these emails daily just some ideas and one of them today was uh here's the latest bracketology and i was like there's not a chance in hell (laughs) with all due respect someone might do it on our site I'm not doing it. <laughs> like it is. Well, you can do it. Early. Just put like three seed, and that's it. Like hit post, <laughs> collect paycheck. Yeah, I mean it's, it's I, easy, does it? Down the line, I will for sure be like, okay, it's mid February. Here's where everyone, ha- you know, CBS has them here, ESPN here. I'll eventually get to that like a weekly bracketology roundup. But it is January 28th as we record this. 29th as you're listening to it. I'm not doing that yet. Oh, I, but I'm reading it, so. <laughs> I know. Heck just yeah. letting clicks. I'm so dialed into it that, like, early this morning, Joe Lenardi came out with his bracketology, and I noticed immediately that he had three uh, regionals in St. Louis and only one in Cleveland. So I was like, <laughs> th- like that's what dialed Joe, in I was. I was like, wait Joe. a minute. Lenardi's lost his fastball. Oh, St. Uh. Louis engulfed one of the Cleveland opening round games, I see. Oh, Joe, you lost your fastball. So, uh, but he's since fixed that. Yeah, how many emails do you think he got from just bleep holes like you? Even though you didn't go that far to email him, but how many complaints well, you do you think he got? You don't know that. Uh, probably 90 <laughs> emails, 70 of which are from my uh, burner accounts that I've farmed this morning. So, And just yeah. hundreds of tweets. Like, Yes, correct, yeah. correct. How dare you? Yeah, sir. Well, no, a lot of his mentions, actually, because I checked them because I'm a maniac, uh, he posts like the mobile link on Twitter. So like you click it, and it's all weird on desktop. So that's my, the, the main gripe, really. Lenardi, <laughs> clean it up, man. Come on. We're, Come we're about on. to hit February. Are you not in charge of your page design, Lenardi? What are we even doing here? Uh, this is amateur hour. But oh, well. Yeah. Well, this has been a really long intro, so maybe we'll only get to one thing, and then we'll yeah, have to extend it into segment two. But let's, let's do this. The doctor is in. Matt, you mm-hmm. were on this show. Yes. Um, I would say more often than not, certainly more often than not, the conduit to the average Michigan State fan. You are much more aligned with them. They have much more in common with you as to the passion with which they approach sports. Well, I, is the, that fair? The, the passion and uh, like the underlying fear that's always <laughs> imminent. Like we, We've seen enough 2006 MSU Notre Dame games or games <laughs> against Syracuse in the first round or Middle Tennessee State games to know that like as good as things could be going, <laughs> whoa, let's not get too ahead of ourselves here, son. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's more so to do with it than uh, anything else. Yeah, and whereas you're that, and then I'm the one who's like, well, actually, the numbers, and here's, you know. <laughs> so that's yep. sort of the role I've carved out. But you, I think, speak for the fans, the average fan, a lot more than I do. So I, And I think there's a lot of the, the three things we're going to go over here, I think, uh, a, a lot of people have them in common with you. A lot of mm-hmm. people would say, yes, these are three things that I too am worried about. I think you had three really good suggestions there. And so the whole purpose of this is to just add a little perspective, try to play the other side of what prevailing 
uh, fears, anxieties over this Michigan State basketball team are uh, within the fan base. So that's the plan. That's why we're doing The Doctor Is In, and I think uh, it's a funny way to dress up just like, hey, guys, it's going to be okay. I hope it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So let me – let's do this. Give me your first one. You can start whichever – Sure. Uh, one you want. You got three of them. You sent them over. They're good. Start with whichever one you want. Sure. And just to preface this, like right now, as it stands, I, I do think MSU is in a good place this season. Like I, I would give this season so Certainly. far, maybe like, I don't know, like a seven and a half or eight out of 10, I, I think is a, a fair grade. And I'm a tough grader, but sure. I, I mean, they're looking pretty good. So this isn't a doom and gloom. Hey, I think MSU is horrible for these reasons. These are, hey, MSU, they're looking pretty good. However... This is what's keeping me up. And the first one might not even make sense, but I just cannot help myself. <laughs> I cannot help myself that this Wait, is the Wait, you're year. not going to make sense? Go on. No, I know. Can you imagine that, Will? <laughs> to start the Big Ten season, you're looking around. It's like, oh, man. All these Big Ten teams have a pretty, pretty solid front court. They got yeah. at least one dominant big man in every team. And what's MSU's like biggest mismatch every time is oh would you look at that oh no six foot eight Thomas Kithier is guarding Oturu or uh oh god I forgot the uh guy from oh Coburn for, from Coburn. Illinois but yeah and it's very hard for me to still even though it's a few months later or a few weeks rather to get the Duke game out of my head where Vernon Carey scored 57 points easily <laughs> and so in th- it, 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 my thesis of this first one is that I'm just always scared about other the big teams' guy. big men. The big guy, especially in the Big Ten. And mm-hmm. even outside the Big Ten, too. I mean, I, I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse here for the tournament. But you look at a lot of these top teams in the nation, like, they've got pretty dominant big men, too. And I don't get me wrong, MSU's big men are solid, but just they're physically outmatched. I mean, yeah, Bingham's tall. Bingham's also 120 pounds. Like, Kithier, he's got two years of experience. Kithier is also six foot eight with a six foot eight wingspan. Marble, he's a freshman. He's kind of you know still mm-hmm. figuring out his way. So and Tillman, don't get me wrong, he's solid, but a lot of the times he's guarding their forward, floating out the, on the perimeter. So okay, and so yeah, go on. You you, no, you can take this away. Yeah. You're good. I, I think I think you've summed up your fear pretty well, and I think a lot of people agree with you on this one. Um, so I just flatly I, I understand where you're coming from because mm-hmm. of the physical dimensions. And you're like, Oh man, these guys are six eleven, two 250 pounds. We don't have anyone who weighs that much or anyone who's that tall. How is Michigan state going to be able to do this? Here's just some results, right? Let's, I, I, I see where you're coming from, but I think the facts mm-hmm. contradict you a little bit. I mean, especially coming off of Sunday's game where they held a tour to like, yeah. For his standards, a pretty average game. Again, yeah, I, I know how just, ridiculous this sounds. I know. But no, yeah. you're, you're good. Let me just say, okay. Kofi Coburn. We'll start with him. Sure. Uh, his game against Michigan State, 2 for 10 from the floor, 5 points on 10 field goal attempts. Did gather 9 rebounds. Didn't turn it over, which he usually does. Uh, had an offensive rating of 73 uh, prior to this game against Michigan, which mm-hmm. he just, you know, he fouled out. Had a really terrible game. Oh, yeah. Um Far and away, his his worst game of the conference, easily, was against Michigan State. Just mm-hmm. just absolutely had a, a terrible game by his standards. Okay, okay. Daniel Oturu, uh, one of the 
front runners, one of the guys who's considered a top five candidate for Big Ten Player of the Year. Uh, in all of his conference games, he has had an offensive rating of, hmm, let's see, like 115 is kind of the average. Um 111.9 is his average for the whole season. Against Michigan State, 91 offensive rating this last game with four turnovers, uh, inefficient shooting night. The game before that, 102 offensive rating, had 22 points but needed 19 shots to get there, turned it over a couple of times as Ooh. well. Two of his lowest offensive rating games in the Big Ten this year uh, have come against Michigan State. We move over to John Teske, who, um, you know, Generally a pretty good player, big body, someone who's tough to check. Atlantis champion, yeah. Yeah, against Michigan State, offensive rating of 88. That is his second lowest number in conference play this season. Scored 15 points, but needed 12 shots to get there. Only grabbed five rebounds, turned it over three times, and fouled out. So that's John Teske, and even Travion Williams. Yeah, You know, Michigan State goes to Purdue, gets absolutely blasted. Blasted. But it wasn't necessarily because Travion Williams, who is someone who has shown the ability to dominate at times, uh, did anything significant. He had an offensive rating of 106, which is uh, below his season average, well below his conference average, um, and is you know his second, third worst, because he just had a bad one against Wisconsin, uh, one of his lower numbers uh, in conference play. So the big men... Especially, you know, Oturu, Coburn, uh, the, the, the cream of the crop guys. Now, they haven't faced Wesson yet this year, and they did last year and did a really good job on them. Um, they have not been successful against Michigan State in conference play. That does that, that, that does use me. That does use me. It, it should. And, yeah, I know the Vernon Carey stuff stings, but that guy... If it was 2003, he would be a top five pick. <laughs> like yeah. if the game, if the game didn't change underneath his feet, uh, he is an immensely talented low post player. Um, who, yeah, he had his way against Michigan State, and maybe Vernon Carey's just the one guy. Maybe there's a couple of guys out there that are just like, yeah, that's a bad matchup. But by and large, when it comes to big guys, you got probably the best defensive center in the conference. A little undersized. Compared to Oturu, Coburn, etc., um, but Xavier Tillman more than makes up for it with just being a, a savant back there who moves his feet better than any of these guys, um, and is incredibly instinctive and a phenomenal shot blocker. So I'm not worried uh, about their their defense against big guys. They just held Minnesota to 43% shooting around the rim. That's uh, that's pretty damn good. I would say so. I would I would say so as well. All right, we ran super long there. That that happens with us, Matt. We're used to that. Um, let's pause here. We'll come back with your other two most anxiety-inducing concerns for this basketball team. Okay, Matt. Let's let's jump right back into this. Give me your oh, second one. All right. So my second one is: Hey, have you heard of this uh, player named Cassius Winston on Michigan State before? I have. Nice. Okay, this is a good start. Um, pretty solid, unbelievable player. Arguably one of the best to ever play for Michigan State. I know I'm getting a little carried away with my takes here. 
What about those nights where he isn't one of the greatest players of all time? And he just plays like average or meh, like, you know, <laughs> just scores not double-digit points or is turning the ball over a little bit. What's MSU's plan B? And, and I know, I know when he scored six points, only had four assists against Wisconsin. Hey, it, it all worked out. Still mm-hmm. won by double digits. Mm-hmm. Who's the second guy, though? Is it like, can Tillman just do it by himself? I don't really think so. Is Rocket Watts, it's, is he actually like a sustainable option to be like, hey, when Cassius doesn't have it going, you got to get it going? Is Aaron Henry going to be consistent enough to be that guy? Can Gabe Brown be consistent enough to be that guy? You see where I'm going with this. Like, can anyone else be the, con- the consistent backup superhero, I guess, for, for Michigan State? And just what if, what if Cassius just isn't feeling it one day? Are we just screwed unless something crazy happens? Or, yeah, so. So. Cassius has had a few bad games this year. And really, so if you look at the schedule and kind of break it down, non-conference, conference season, there's been a pretty clear delineation between them for Cassius Winston's performances. Um, He has been, against conference opponents, by and large, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the Duke game was tough. Um, Virginia Tech, he wasn't great. And we've talked at length uh, about uh, his brother and everything that he was going through early in the season and that he's still going through. So we, we're not going to rehash that for sure and bring it up as like, okay, this is why he's struggling. But I will say since conference play has sort of gotten back into it since, you know, look at this, uh, December 18th, we'll, we'll say Northwestern game, and you can include records in this. Mm-hmm. He's had two games with an offensive rating below – uh, 110. Okay. And they just happen to be Wisconsin and Purdue. So recent-ish. Um, you won one, you lost one. <laughs> yeah, they barely lost that one, though. You know, they, they, they kept it within 30, which Kept it nice. to within 30, which is yeah. strong. Um, yeah. He was bad against Wisconsin, and the, they beat a good Wisconsin team, thankfully, because of their defense. Yeah. What I would say is, A... You're not going to get a lot of bad Cassius Winston. Like, mm-hmm. he was really good against Minnesota both times, really good against Michigan, really good against Illinois. Um, he's been, by and large, really good this year. He's yeah, had, I would say he, so. Yeah, he's thrown out two two stinkers Yeah. Uh, recently. So I, I think the concern of it happening often enough that it's going to be a, a large inhibitor to this team is, you know, not all the way there, and when it does happen, they have shown the ability to, at least some of the time, make it work. Yeah. Uh, against Wisconsin, they certainly made it work. Uh, he wasn't good against Oakland. Yeah, that's Oakland, but they slaughtered Oakland earlier in the year without him. He was, you know, just okay against Rutgers, um, and they still beat a, not what we know to be a really good Rutgers team. Oh, yeah. Um, by 12, uh, you know, even against Northwestern, the early going, he was just kind of, he was good, but it wasn't like cash as good. And they still, you know, beat Northwestern on the road. Yeah. It was closer than you want. Mm -hmm. Uh, cause Northwestern pushed a little late, but that was like a 12 point game with a couple minutes left. So they have shown the ability to sort of rally around him. And I think Tillman's gotten better on the offensive end. Henry has shown way more playmaking ability this year. And the guy you brought up, Rocket Watts, adds a totally different dimension of someone who can make plays with the ball in his hands. 
that isn't, you know, I mean, Langford could do that a little bit, but no one else on the team last year could do that at all. And I think if you look at the the makeup of the team this year compared to last year, they are much more well-equipped to handle a bad Cassius Winston game than they were uh, even last season when they were a phenomenal team. All right. I, I feel like I've got about like 40 minutes of sleep back in my life. Good. About 40, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, That's last good. one. Well, it's the most obvious one. Um, it's the, the schedule to close out the season. Uh, yeah. after, after Northwestern, barring something crazy, 10 games left. Yep. In this season after Northwestern, six on the road. And, of course, all against good teams, except Nebraska. But, hey, wacky things can happen in Lincoln. Um, <laughs> and, okay, so four home games. Well, surely those must be easy. Oh, wait, three of those games are against ranked teams, and the one that isn't ranked was Ohio State, who was, what, at one point ranked like three in, in the nation, two in the nation, something in the nation. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I feel like they're a, a, a sleeping giant that is, of course, capable of winning. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be kind of, kind of a gong show to end the season. And that's, that's kind of what makes the whole Indiana game even more upsetting is like, we have this murderers row of 10 games coming up to end the season. Like you, you got to win the games that are clearly in your grasp t- to win. Okay. Yes. You're right. Take me you're, away. You're, you're correct. But Go I on. think everyone else that you're worried about is also thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, that's probably the case. Michigan State has 11 games left. They have eight A matchups and two B matchups. Are you familiar with A and B matchups? I feel like I can figure it out just without the definition, yeah. So here you go. A game in Tier A, this is from Ken Palm, represents a top 50 opponent adjusting for the location of the game. Tier B is the same, but it's top 100 opponents. So if you play the 32nd, best team on the road that's an a game that's what Mm -hmm. they have against wisconsin so a game b game makes sense right sure yep so michigan state has 11 games left eight a's two b's northwestern is nothing because northwestern is not great uh let's jump over to illinois who they are tied with uh in the big 10 lead they also have 11 games left they have seven a games and three b games Jump over to Rutgers, same thing, 11 games left, 7A games, 3B games. We're going to hop on over to Iowa. They also have 7A games and 3B games. Matt, are you seeing a pattern? No, no, not really. No, yeah, no, I am. Uh, Maryland has 7A games and 2B games. So Maryland, because they have Nebraska Northwestern at home still, little bit of break uh, in the schedule there for Maryland, but you know, they're a couple of games back. Um, sure, you know, projected final records from Ken Palm Maryland's 13 and 7, okay, Iowa's 12 and 8, right. Rutgers 11 and 9, Illinois's 13 uh, and 7, and Michigan State's 14 and 6. So, yeah, sounds about right. It's kind of like, yeah, they certainly have a tough schedule, but everyone else does because you know what? The Big Ten is really good this year. Yeah, it is. I, there's only two really automatic outs that 
are in the Big Ten, right? In Nebraska and Northwestern. I mean, yeah. And Nebraska yeah. almost beat Rutgers the other right. day. Yeah. Um, like you said, weird things can happen in Lincoln. They beat yeah. Purdue I cannot wait until Northwestern home. beats us by 15 a night. When, when Northwestern beats us by 15 a night, this is going to be hilarious <laughs> in, in, in hindsight as we're just like just defecating on them for the entire episode. But yes, uh, Northwestern and Nebraska, the, the two outs. Yep. And any other, you know, 11 teams remaining that aren't you in the conference. Oh boy. So. Yeah. So by and large, everyone in the conference, um, you know, Penn State has one, two, three, four, five A's and six B's. So Penn State has a little bit easier, but it's because they already went through the shit and they're four and four. Like, yep. everyone's kind of like, yeah, six losses, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's and that should thing. win the conference. Yeah. That's the thing. 14 and six probably wins the Big Ten. And for Michigan State, that means going uh, where they're six or seven and two right now, right? Uh, I hope I, so. I just lost their freaking page because um, I went off it. Um, yeah, so I check there. They're seven and two right now, so that's a seven and four finish down the stretch. <laughs> like not great, but that probably oh, wins God, the conference. You, you, you would take it honestly if, if someone yeah. says seven and four to me right now. Oh, I would think long and hard about it. Eight and three, absolutely. Eight and three, I, oh, I couldn't take it any over. faster. But yeah, seven and four is. Yeah, Man, that, that's so, solid. That's solid. Word has gotten out. The Big Ten's really good. Mm, <laughs> like, and, and people okay. are like, okay, this is a nine ten bid league. They're gonna cannibalize themselves, but you know, yeah. whoever comes out of there, if someone can get to fifteen and five, heaven forbid, sixteen and four, yeah. look out because that's gonna be a really strong team. So yeah, it's tough for Michigan State. It's a little tougher than the other teams they're competing with at the top of the conference, but everybody's got a gauntlet. That's true. That's true. All right. You feeling better? A little bit. Yeah, a, a little bit, a little bit. I, I'm just wondering how long it'll take to wear off. Uh, but yes, as of now, <laughs> I am feeling a little bit better. And I will say that independent of everything else, Michigan State in a vacuum mm-hmm. is projected to win every single game except for the Maryland game right now. Obviously, that's months out. Things change. And the way we get, so they're seven and two. You're like, oh, why aren't they projected to finish seventeen and three if they're projected to win every game? It's because they're like fifty three percent to win a game, fifty two percent to win a game. So that counts as almost half a loss. So that's how it's all added up. But they should be favored in pretty much every game throughout the rest of the season. I'm ready to get hurt again. Let's do it. Ready to get hurt. Let's do it. Let's talk about Northwestern. We'll do that here in just a second. Okay, Matt. So we're not going to spend a ton of time on Northwestern because the show's Whoa, coming down not? to the end here. Oh, um, my Northwestern tall cats? Come on. <laughs> Shoot. We were we were talking earlier, and you're like, are we doing the whole show on Northwestern? I just looked at that text, and I was like, we probably shouldn't. <laughs> I hope not. Because <laughs> um, there's not a ton to say. The, right? uh, Northwestern's tall. What did you say the other day? Like, they're the second tallest team in the nation? They are the third tallest team in the country. What a fun fact. Height. What a fun fact. That is just fantastic. They are a large team that is the 290th best offensive rebounding team in the country and the 138th best defensive rebounding team in the country. Oh, man. I remember. Okay, so this is the 2014 Big Ten Tournament Championship game against Michigan. Uh, this was, I believe, the team with Mitch McGarry on the team. Yeah. Um, and Mitch McGarry was kind of getting worked on the inside against MSU. No. And I, I was I was on press row because I was working for the student newspaper. So it was court in front of me, and literally behind me is all the MSU parents. 
And during the game, I don't know whose parent it was, but every time they went low in the post, this parent behind me kept screaming, he's big for nothing! He's tall for nothing! He ain't tall for anything! And then that's essentially what Northwestern is. You guys are tall for nothing. (laughs) So Yes. Grande Grande por gusto. I'll take your word for that. Yeah, yeah, whatever you just said. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that Grande. is always burnt into my memory. And Gary kind of was big for nothing that game. So, yeah, it was a, yeah. A very very funny. Northwestern is grande por gusto, which is I know my Hispanic accent is terrible, and so is my Spanish. But oh, it's, it's better than most. Big for the sake of being big. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, this one, gosh, Northwestern's got a bad offense. They've got a bad defense. Um, especially when you're like looking at power five teams, it is one, you're, you're not going to find many power five offenses and defenses worse than what Northwestern's bring into the table. They're a really bad shooting team. Um, they do not rebound. They do not get to the free throw line. They do not force turnovers. They do not defend shots. Well, uh, they do not do a good job on the offensive glass. They foul people too much. They are really good at not turning it over, and that is the only thing they are competent at. <laughs> and being tall. And shooting free throws. Oh, are they? Yeah, 75% from the free throw line, 57 oh, in the country. So they're, you know, they can do that. Um, yeah, they're just, they're really, they struggle a lot. Pat Spencer is kind of the, the guy that really does stuff for them, and he is okay. <laughs> Wow, this is the saddest preview of the world. I know. This is why we <laughs> didn't kinda, do a whole, eh. <laughs> He's kind of okay. Mile, Miller Cop can shoot it. Good for um, him. Yeah, that's that's kind of it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else we can really break down. Like, I guess we, we can talk a little bit about, we've got a few minutes here, what we want to see. I think more in this type of game, it's more like what it's what is Michigan State going to do, right? It's not about yeah starting lineups, Northwestern are going to be. And yeah, I think really the only interesting thing that came out of the Izzo press conference today was his uh, quote on Braden Burke that he might be getting some more run today. So I, I, I mean, I figure it sounds to me like a game against the Northwestern Wildcats is a great time to get a guy like Braden Bork's. Bork, Burke, some more run to see if this experiment could be something that we could use later in the season, just to like eight minutes away, a la Colby Wallman back in the 2015-16 seasons. Um, so yeah, I like that's I, Northwestern. I'm sorry, but like this is how bad you are. Where like the only thing I'm really interested in seeing is uh, how Braden Burke looks if he gets additional run on the court. So that's the state of Wildcats basketball right now. Has Braden Burke played at all? Uh, walk on minutes. Yeah, I don't walk think he stepped on the court like before five minutes left in the game. You know, because he played just um, here. I got it up. He pe- appeared in nine games last season. Yeah, he's not even on the thing for like. So there's like bench warmers a section on okay. Kempom that's bench warmers. There's go to guys, significant contributors, role players, limited roles, and then bench warmers. Mm-hmm. So the bench warmers: Connor George, Jack Koiberg, Brock Washington. He's not even in the bench warmer section. Yeah, he's only played in six games this year with a season okay. high of four minutes against Eastern Michigan. And uh, hey, this is going to shock you, but it, you're going to love it. MSU is undefeated in those six games. so Love it. Key stat. I see a correlation when a I see correlation. one. Yeah, yeah. Caus- causation, uh, certainly. Yeah, uh, Robert Morris transfer. Haven't seen him much. You know a game is exciting when we're talking about um, – 
Someone who doesn't play. Someone who is... Yeah. You know I just want to know if it's, like, like a plausible... I, I don't know if it's a fix, but just, like, a, another addition they could have to the lineup. A guy who could just eat, like, I don't know, three minutes in the middle of a game or five minutes in the middle of a game. I mean, he is seven feet tall, 245. That, yeah. that's, that's at least that's at least effort and, and fouls uh, on the court, you know, when perhaps Bingham can't be out there or someone else gets in the foul trouble like Kithier or, you know. I don't know. I, I just thought for some reason, I thought that was a pretty interesting quote from Izzo to come out of nowhere and say, hey, this Burt kid could get some run this season. And you, you look at him, it's like, why not? Why not just trot the seven-footer out there and see if he could just, you know, wreck some things a little <laughs> bit during the season. So, And what better way to start this? with a game against the Northwestern Wildcats. So, All right, I've got Robert Morris up here. Um, 2018, um, where is he? Oh, I think he was like 2.6 oh, points was, a game. Oh, that was even his, his transfer yeah. set out year. All right, 2017, Braden Burke. There he is, role players. Mm-hmm. All right, did not take a three-pointer. Dang it. Ah, shoot. Well, maybe he's saving it. The, the film is out, and there's no three-pointers on film, so maybe this is his time to just start... I will Cashing say, in. Yeah. his his offensive rating this year, mm-hmm. 200. Oh, oh, yes. oh, look yes. out Naismith Award. Oh, yes. boy. One, 100 on the effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage. He is a perfect one for one from the floor. Oh, man. Oh, man. Look at him. Any turnovers? Nope, no turnovers. Uh, this guy's a legend. Icon. Yeah. All right. Um, shot 39% from the free throw line his freshman year at Robert Morris. Oh. <sighs> Okay, um, don't, don't get fouled. If, if you're going to go up, go up strong, finish at the rim. Don't, don't try to get to the free throw line or anything. I will, I will say this. Um, okay. Hopefully, Braden Burke does not have to be the Kobe Wollenman of this team. Hopefully, there's someone else. Maybe we see Kyle Arns. Oh, man. Yeah. I would love to see Kyle Arns. Um, yeah, I want to see um, Malik Hall, see if he starts again uh, and can kind of assert his dominance Yeah, a little, a little bit. more aggression from him gets, would be nice. Yeah. yeah, get some offensive rebounds, see what it looks like for Marble because, uh, as we talked about earlier in the show, defending bigs um, in the Big Ten, you know, sometimes you're going to want some length like Marcus Bingham. Sometimes you're going to want some uh, good sturdiness like Julius Marble can provide you in, in five hard falls. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to see those guys continue to develop um, – I'd be really interested to see, you know, how Marble and how Hall are used moving forward in that front court rotation. We talked about Kithier and some of his limitations. He did bounce back uh, at the end of that Minnesota game, did some nice things. So, oh, yeah. Yep. You know, continuing to watch that. And again, this is a game where it's just like it's all about what Michigan State does. You hope they come out looking good, um, caring about the game because you don't want to overlook anybody. Um, but, yeah, just come out and End the game before it gets going. That sounds great to me, honestly. Just a nice stress-free Wednesday, uh, kind of when afternoon meets night. Uh, just just <laughs> at home. Yeah, even, even if you called. will. Oh, okay. That's, they do have a word for that. Uh, Ken Palm has it, Matt, as a yeah. 79-63 win, 93% chance of victory for Michigan State. I like those numbers, Will. I like them a lot. I like them, too. All right. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. Recap this. If anything interesting happens, I'm sure there'll be performances we'll want to talk about further. Um, And, yeah, we'll we'll do that tomorrow. And if there's any interesting football stuff that happens, 
you know, you never know. Maybe someone hits the portal. Maybe someone tweets that they're visiting MSU. We'll see. Um, I guess. Maybe someone gets fired, Matt, do you think? <laughs> well, stop, please. I'd be more mad at this point if they fired somebody than I was about them not fired. Like, what are you doing? It's February. Oh, my God. I know. I know. I know. They're going to do a Super Bowl news dump, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> this is how this all be. ends. No, if they're going to do a news dump, it would have been Sunday. <laughs> Uh, that very true. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah, that would have been the day. Um, no, it might be a Super Bowl news up. We'll see. All right, that'll do it for us. Thanks so much for listening. Reminders to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Matt, take us home. Braden Burke for Naismith. What else can you say? I mean, the, the award's halfway in the bag. Let's get it all the way in the bag tonight against the Wildcats. Tall cats. Tall cats. <laughs>